0: Surprise, it's the Broto Fantasy Football podcast. I know we're not supposed to be here. What are we doing here? What are we what are we even doing here? Surprise. You know, we've been we we we've been on vacation. I'm looking real tan right now. I'm looking real crispy. I wore the white today, white hat, white tank top, crispy olive skin out cuz I've been on vacation. So have the twins, we've been enjoying our summer, and because of that, you know, we missed we missed an episode or two. And we asked your guys for forgiveness. We informed you that it was going to happen. If you don't already, follow us at BrotoFantasy on Twitter for all the updates. but And you, everyone's understanding. They know. But now the fantasy football season is heating up. The Scott Fishbowl drafts today. And if you don't know what the Scott Fishbowl is, that is the biggest tournament of pros and amateurs out there in fantasy football. And I feel like the Scott Fishbowl draft is the unofficial start of fantasy season. And to celebrate the unofficial start of fantasy season. I have two of the greatest fantasy minds there are. They they're not these two aren't twins, but you know what? They're they're twin geniuses. They're they're twins in their IQ level. And that is first everyone's everyone knows this guy. If you've been listening to Brodo now since 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 the, since the beginning, you know. Cass has played an extremely huge role in Brodo and we love it when he graces the mic. So our first guess here Santiago Casanova, what's up boy? What what's up, bro? Not boy. What's up? What's <laughs> up? Uh, spe- happy to be here every time. Uh, Cas, let me ta- let me ask you a question. What what have you been doing uh since we last heard from you? The, the rumor has it that you're in a uh, f- flag football league. What what's been happening with that?
1: Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's cool. Just won a couple championships here and there. Uh, but you know, it's been chill.
0: But boom! I'm just putting this out there. The I'm I'm challenging the core six of Brodo, the core six of Brodo. I'm challenging anyone out there to a flag slash touch football game. Any any fantasy outlet out there that thinks they can top us, I challenge you. And it would be me, the Bros. We'd get Johnny in there. I'm counting Johnny because Johnny's you know Johnny's been here since the beginning. He's a Brodo bro, and we have Cass. and then the sixth member of the squad, the the. The the incomparable. I call him Rookie Encyclopedia, but right now I feel like he needs a, a a better name. Just the encyclopedia in general, the encyclopedia himself, the Maple Mamba, Matt Ward, Psych Ward. Fire. What's good? What's good, Matt?
2: <laughs> Maple Mamba. Oh man, that that's probably the best nickname that anybody's ever given me. Um, I do want to preface by saying that my IQ is certainly nowhere near Casanova's, but thank you for that that intro. <laughs>
0: You know, I, I feel high. I feel high IQ reverberating off you, though, Matt. I must I must say. And when you're writing, you know, he got the, you know, no Cass is a good writer too. But so Cass is just all over. Just a fucking just a he's a real rounded super individual. genius. <laughs> That's why we love him here at, at Brodo. And uh, by the way, before we get into today, if you have not yet, Cass brainchild. His his. The child that he birthed into the world and now is being used by thousands and thousands of people is the fantasy football by Brodo app. Cass is looking at me like crazy. You know, it was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm, on, I'm in ahead. the zone oh, right now, Cast. Oh, you know, oh, I'm in the zone. Segway game is on <laughs> point. Um, the fantasy football by brodo app. It is completely free. Download it today. It you will not. Um, you will not regret it. Now, I'm not going to plug it too much because this is a free episode and we're, we're doing this extra, but also patreon.com slash proto-fantasy. The patrons, once you're hearing this, the patrons would have already heard this well in advance. By the way, what up patrons uh, if you're listening now, All right? So the patrons who help support the show, they already would have listened to this episode that you're listening to right now. They already would have tons of extras, including the Discord. the Like I said, extra episodes... DFS optimizers by the, that man himself again, Cass. And just the insane amount of stuff. And, you know, the real the real thing that you'd be doing to help us, we'd be giving you the the content, but we enjoy giving you the content. The thing that you'd be doing to help us is you'd be supporting the app and keeping it free for everyone. So uh, patreon.com slash proto-fantasy to support us in that way. So today we have a special game for you. All right, now Cass and, and Matt have been informed, and these two are like I just said, you know, Matt just informed us of his of his incredible football prowess when he was in high school, um, and you just got Cass's football. These are two competitive men, so w- without a doubt, competition needs to be put here. We are going to play the ADP over and under game. What is the ADP over and under game? Well. There are 10 players. Yes, 10. Now, this this episode could get out of hand if we don't put a timer on. So, we're going to have to put a timer on. 10 players. 2 minutes total. You have to defend whether you think they are going to go going to finish above or finish below their current ADP. And shout out to our 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 guys over at Sleeper who we have a nice relationship with. They uh provide the ADP for us that will be back available on the app by the time you are hearing this podcast. So, with that being said, gentlemen, um, do you have any words for each other? Maybe a little smack talk, maybe a little uh you know, uh you want to get into the, the opponent's head. Let's 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 get into this into this uh like a red corner, blue corner, you know, Floyd Mayweather uh Conor McGregor interview uh situation cast. What do you what do you plan to do to Matt during this game? <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know about all that, but uh, I'm just <laughs> I just had the data. This is all I'm gonna say. I got the data. I, I use the app for absolutely everything, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say except ADP. Like we said, uh, it's not on the app yet. It's gonna come out soon, but everything else, hundred percent app, hundred percent data.
0: Numbers don't lie. Oh, so Cass. You know, sets the tone. Came out as a gentleman, but, but talk to his shit, Matt. What what is your plans for this upcoming matchup against Cass?
2: I plan on using his own game plan against him. I'm gonna out analytic the analytic master. He might have that data in him, but I got that dog in me.
0: Oh boy, just like Zach, just like Zach big Wilson. Big <laughs> oh, Cass. You, I saw your face. Cass is like, oh, it's on, motherfucker. All right, big talk. So, big talk. Big talk, <laughs> man. Let's go. So. This is how we're going to do it. We are going to rotate um, who is going to start. There's going to be a total of two minutes. I am going to yell out. So I'm, there's going to be music in the background, but you, you guys aren't going to be able to hear that music. The people at home will be able to hear that music. Uh, there'll be music in the background, a very, very interesting uh, music, but uh, definitely one that's going to uplift your spirits. Let's just say that. But anyway... Um, When there's 30 seconds, I'm going to give a 30-second warning. Then when there's five seconds left, I'm going to give a five-second warning. Then there will be a cutoff. I will say break or I will say cut or whatever comes to my mind at that time. That is the one-minute mark. That is when the second opponent, the rebuttaler, gets to get his rebuttal in. Two minutes total. There is no stopping. So if if you want to go over that time and you feel like you can uh, get in there, get it in there. Or if you or you think you can make your argument in thirty seconds, like you could do whatever you want. The time is yours. All right. Any questions, gentlemen? A good baby, popping. All right. So, without any further ado, let us begin the ADP over under battle with one of the most interesting cases I think personally in the NFL. First up in the showdown. Javante Williams, running back 11, just to be clear, under means he will finish worse than that, so RB12, over means he will finish better than that, RB1, okay, with that being said, Cass, the first, Javante Williams, RB11, over under, your time begins now. I'm saying
1: under, like, he's going to finish around RB 14, 15 range for me. Uh, we saw uh, Melvin Gordon still there. They split carries right up to the end of the season. If you check, like, after week 12, uh, they were just 15 carries apart favoring Williams, but still, that's a pretty big split. And he ended the season with RB 50 and RB 37 performances without uh, dropping snaps. Like, he, he maintained the same level of snaps he had all year and still put up duds. You could argue he may get a little bit better quarterback play now with uh, big man Russ. Thirty seconds. Still, he doesn't really. Uh, Russ doesn't really target running backs. He he is pretty much the same level as Drew Lock. I don't see him getting a huge huge boost. And I mean, he was RB nineteen last season. Let's say he does improve, RB thirteen. It's not out of the question. It's still lower than RB eleven. And I leave my time. Five
0: seconds.
2: Well, it's kind of difficult to not agree with Cass there because i'm also going to choose the under um and for similar reasons we he's got a new offensive coordinator a new head coach uh we know that Lafleur doesn't here we know that he does utilize multiple backs um in his offenses uh yeah they they split snaps the entire season i don't think melgo is going away and the thing that's going to need to separate javante is a massive amount of volume and that volume is sus Uh, i don't really think that the broncos are going to offer Melgo the contract that they did just to not run him into the ground. That, Thirty that seconds. opportunity share is going to be similarly split. Um, and yeah, like everybody really likes Javante for the, you know the evaded tackles, eighty-one evaded tackles in a season, and three point four two yards created per touch, ranking in the top ten. Um, but those don't relate to fantasy success unless the volume is behind it. And we know that based on what we saw last season, and based on the offense that they're going to run, it's going to be a pass focused offense with a lot of weapons. Five too, too seconds. Many mouths to feed. And Melgo is still a problem. Time is up.
0: Alright. So first round. Our two competitors agree with each other, which might happen. You know, the the points are gonna be going. The points are being given as the um as you guys talk. So this first round, I thought there was a lot of good points being made. I thought that Matt had a lot of good stats. That he just kind of like, oh, how am I gonna get all these stats in in one sentence? Bang, bang, bang. Oh, we all know. Bang, bang, bong, bong, bong. So I gotta I had to get I had to I gotta give some I gotta give some points on that. You guys both mentioned Melvin Gordon. I think that's so important to understand. Cass mentioned that when he got more playing time last year, it did not equate to fantasy uh being better in fantasy. So also uh, a, a nice one that I wanted to give a point for there. So uh, at, at the end of the first round, I have three points for Cass. And three points for Matt. So very even start. I feel like you guys both came out of the gate swinging, and you agreed. Time to turn it up. So the next one, and you know what? I might even make a little like uh uh huh every time I give a point to someone, uh just so everyone knows (laughs) when I'm giving points. All right, (laughs) yeah. All right. So um, all right, all right. So now our next player in this um, scenario, we're gonna stay with the running backs. And we are going to go to someone that's farther down the list to start. Someone who is a very questionable person this year, coming back off injury, but we haven't seen him play yet. And that's Travis Etienne, Jaguars' former first-round pick. He is now being drafted as running back twenty-two. So he has been drafted. He being drafted as a starting running back in the vast majority of leagues. People are counting on him in their opening day starting lineups, according to his his RB twenty two. Which, if you don't know, if if you're not doing the math, standard league twelve teams. RB twenty two means someone's second running back. So this time, Matt is going to start this off, and I just I'm just putting this out there. Matt may have written an article with a zillion oh, words in bullets. it about tra- about Travis Etienne. All right, three. Two, one, your time begins now.
2: First off, I want to say that I don't care that we haven't seen Travis Etienne play in the NFL. He's one of the best running back prospects we've seen enter the circuit in the last decade. You're in a 6.71 prospect grade from the NFL scouting database, which is essentially saying that he's a high upside starter and a 99 prospect grade from the the next gen era, um, which there's only been six running backs in the history of next gen scouting that has earned a perfect 99 score he broke out at the age of 18 um 7.7 yards per touch in college a dominator rating of 30 percent even weighted dominator of 25.8 uh led team in market share led the team's market share in rushing and receiving in his best season he has a post-draft percentile of 98 percent and He's directly connected to the fran- future of the franchise. we He's from Clemson. Woo! Him and Lawrence are best friends. Um, we know that they went out and got Etienne High because they wanted to use him with Lawrence the same way that they used him in Clemson. Five for seconds. those that are worried about J-Rob, J-Rob was an inefficient plotter before he ever tore his Achilles. Now oh, he's time's a up. A gruesome injury for any running back. In Let the me NFL. jump right in, baby. So he was quoting
1: prospect grades and all that. I'm going to quote myself. Woo! So if you go to the app and check out the comps. For Travis Etienne, I took out uh, the on-plate season. So I'm, I'm looking at him as a rookie, right? As if he was a rookie right now. We got Kareem Hunt, Javid Best, LaShawn McCoy, Dalvin Cook, Bishop Sankey. But Boom. anyway, those are very, very good comps. Now, he didn't break a ligament. He had a Liz Frank injury. 30 seconds. So if I checked uh, some medical journal publications uh, that studied NFL performance after a Liz Frank injury. And, you know, the conclusion is that there was some performance loss. However, it was not did not reach statistical significance compared with the respective and control groups. End quote. He so said this is not an journals. injury that worries me. It's the medical journals. Medical fucking, so
0: fucking journals. I don't expect Woo. this to, to five seconds too much.
1: So just draft Travis Etienne.
0: <clears throat> All right. Man, I got to say, you motherfuckers came prepared to die. Oh yes, he said. I went to medical journals.
1: Uh, Broto you know, fantasy football. You know
0: how I roll. All right. So if you guys weren't counting my uhs and uh-huhs and yes, <laughs> <laughs> right now we again have a a, a tight ball game. Right now it's seven to seven. Some uh, some excellent excellent points being brought <laughs> up. But if you notice, they got three points, and I was being nice because it was the first one. This time they got four points. The four points is. That's a, that's a good that's a good score. All right, and to, to score 4 points, that's uh that's efficient. Mike Dantoni would be proud. All right. That was a good one. But now we are entering uncharted t- territory because we are not doing just one running back. We are doing a double running back situation and it is the Seattle Seahawks backfield. You have Rashad Penny And you have Ken Walker. Ken Walker was drafted in the second round of this year's draft. He was the second running back off the board. Universally thought of as the second best running back. Brodo ranked him. Uh, Our own Matt Ward ranked him as the second best running back. Um, But some people had him as the first best running back. Todd McShay had him as the best running back in the class. Um, And then you have Rashad Penny, who has been, I'm sorry, not, um, yeah, Rashad Penny. Sorry, I, yeah, I yeah, keep yeah, well, Penny, I, I, that, so, I no. get him I get him confused with Elijah Penny so often that I confuse the confusion. Anyway, uh Rashad Penny, who I've been I've been duly noted as a fan of of Penny on this show. And when he plays, especially last year, he won some people some championships. Right now, Walker is going at running back 28 and Penny is going at running back 37. That is where we are, Cass. Your time begins. In three, two, one, now.
1: I think honestly I think that's completely backwards, man. Like,
0: uh, yo, what, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> You're right.
1: Penny and ended the season. I mean, yeah, he does miss games. Let's put that out there. He ended the season with RB three, RB forty one. Okay, RB nine, RB one, RB four. Oof. Overall, I'm talking overall. This is this is insane numbers. And we've seen how Seattle operates, especially when they drafted Penny, right? So they had Carson. 30 seconds. They didn't use Penny. They used Carson, even though they drafted Penny highly. They, they, they keep with the veteran. Pete Carroll's still there. So I don't expect anything to change that much. They have a, they don't have a quarterback right now. They don't. They might have to rely on the running backs a little bit more, so that boosts Kenny Walker's value. But speaking of Kenny Walker, you've seen his comps? we got Donald Brown, Bishop Sankey, Monty Ball, Javid Best, and Justice Hill. Ugh, five seconds. Excited. Not excited. So under for uh, Walker,
2: over for Penny. One Both. minute. Yeah, I'm gonna go over Penny at cost for sure. I'd rather him at RB 37 than Walker, or uh, yeah, than Walker earlier. Preach. Uh, Penny led the league in rushing yards over expected per attempt last season. Woo! 2.17 yards over expected per attempt. That was .4 yards higher than Jonathan Taylor, who came in second. Um, yeah, reiterate casts. His point of that, that stretch wasn't just one game, two games. It was four games of top 10 uh, RB production. Um, yeah, I also don't like Kenneth Walker that much. <laughs> My ranking of his is certainly value perspective because of how much people have him closely ranked to Brees. Um, but Penny also ranked first in yards per touch, uh, first in breakaway run rate. Woo-hoo-hoo. So we know that if he gets any sort of increase in volume on that Seattle offense, which is almost a guarantee with how bad their quarterbacks are, that he's going to be a consistent option week on, week out. If he's healthy, you're going to start paying for seconds one
0: Ooh, I'll leave it there. the hot take gets the point for Matt at the final buzzer. And right now, going into after three, we got Matt 11, cast 10. I will say this, cast, wish you spent a little more time on Kenny Walker. On that last one. I know we can't call him Kenny yeah, no I,
1: I ran out of time a little bit. You but, ran out of
0: time uh, a little bit on Ken Walker there. So it cost you a point, but strong matchup so far. Yeah, I'm now,
1: not mad at it. Mad at it.
0: So, so we are currently past the running back phase. All right, let's go to our corners, gentlemen. Uh sideline reporter. How to, Matt, how are you feeling in, in this first after this first three rounds of this ten round bout?
2: Well, I'm definitely feeling the pressure. I'm I'm up against the ropes here and I can't quite get the good shots off that I want to. The the clock is it, it holds some pressure for sure. I'm feeling the weight of that timer. Um and my opponent is he's prepared. He's of the best in the world and I'm just happy to show that I've got some strength as well. So we're going to keep on fighting these next few rounds. Cass, you said I'm going
0: to use my own stats ag- against you. And then Matt came in the next round and used your own stat against you. How did that make you feel? Did it, did it take you by surprise? Did it, did, it, did you have to get like the sweat out of your eye when when that Man,
1: happened? I'm not, I'm not surprised. Matt's uh Matt's known to to land some big blows. Uh he has made contact a couple of times, so um I'm I'm struggling, but uh I, I'm keeping the pace. I got my my breath back, ready to come
0: back with it for the
1: next round, you know?
0: As you can as you can see, our fighters are are battling out there. And the round the running back round is over. We are about to get into three rounds of wide receivers. And when you get into the the wide receivers, you want to start big, all right? We're going to start real big. Not necessarily in stature, but in profile. Because the guy we're about to talk about switched teams this year. Now, our wide receiver ones have been switching teams like crazy, so who is it? Well, this particular guy is going from one of the most proficient, superstarian, that's right, quarterbacks in the league, to now... Eh. The guy, he may be one, or he may be two, or he may be three, or oh, oh, oh. he may be four. <laughs> We're talking about Tyreek Hill, who goes to his hometown of Miami, uh, starts a podcast. I don't know if you guys knew that, but he has a podcast now, um, called like I, the shit I should have said, or something like that, or some, something of that nature, and um. He's out here catching passes from Tua Tagovailoa, and all the people who are talking shit about Tua, he's like, oh, yeah, wait till you see. Wait till you see. And we're going to have to wait and see because we don't know what's going on with Tyreek Hill. He's not a man of ultimate stature, but he's a man of ultimate speed. And you know that sometimes these guys are... So, wide receiver six, which is his ADP, some might say this is the cheapest you're going to get Tyreek Hill in the last... however many years, ever since he missed the games with suspension, right? This is a guy who's been wide receiver one consideration every single year. A couple years ago, he was the no-doubt wide receiver one. Don't even think about it. Now he's at wide receiver six. That could be a deal. Others are saying, how are you going to have your wide receiver one be on a new team and get thrown to Satua? What are you guys saying? uh, Cass, I think, uh, no, Matt, you start this one off. Are you ready, sir? Three i'm ready i didn't even didn't even wait for the answer i'm ruthless out here three two one your time begins
2: now i'm gonna have to say under i'm one of those people that don't really think he can hit that ceiling and it's not based on his talent it's based on the level of supporting cast around him um i think that it's going to be a huge leap of production from Tua. To be able to support two wide receiver ones because we saw Jalen Waddle finish near the wide receiver ones in points per game last season as mm-hmm. well and have 140 some targets. And on a new offense, and specifically a Mike McDaniel offense that has been traditionally incredibly low volume passing, 30 seconds spread offensive sets with oh. running backs um, and multiple running backs at that, I think it's going to be difficult for Tua to up his volume to a point that Tyreek Hill sees this level of production. But Tyreek himself did say that Tua was as accurate as Mahomes, and when you look at his ratings last year, he ranked third in accuracy rating overall, seventh in completion percentage, ninth in true completion percentage, Woo! first Five in fall completion percentage, and first in red zone completion percentage. Time up. So, Tua is accurate enough to let Tyreek— Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Speaking of Tua being <laughs> accurate, he was
1: second in deep completion percentage, so that's exactly what you want for Tyreek, right? And yes, there's some target competition, like you said. Oh, I'm going over. By the way, I'm, I'm saying wide receiver five. Let's be let's be modest here. So two Ooh, second a wide overall, receiver
0: Hothead. Right,
1: wide receiver. Uh, so two us fifty percent deep completion. You could argue there's some uh, sample size issues. That's okay. I'll take thirty it. seconds. Wide receiver five is pretty cheap for someone that could finish wide receiver two, wide receiver three on the season, right? So. If you uh, do, you believe Tyreek Hill is better than Jalen Waddle, because if you do, you're already saying that uh, a rookie Jalen Waddle finished mm. wide receiver 13 with two throwing the ball. I think if Tua progresses and you have Tyreek Hill being better, I th- there's a very high chance he's he going to stop five wide receiver. I don't have anything else to say.
0: Ooh! Boom! 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 Our first disagreement. Our first up and down, the game still remains in the same, um, in the same uh, around the same spot. Cass with twelve points, Matt with fourteen points.
2: That was a weak round
1: for me. Me not, too, honestly, not not my best.
0: I would I would say that both of you guys have had stronger rounds. Our first, but you know, the wide receiver rounds to are regain young. Regain our wind, and I'm gonna tell you what, because look, don't regain your wind yet. Continue your wind, because the next wide receiver we're gonna talk about is someone that both of you just mentioned. Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle, his teammate, is going as wide receiver 20. I have some strong opinions on Jalen Waddle, personally. I'm going to let you guys talk first, though. Cass, you are first in this round. Are you ready, sir? Yes, I am. All right. Your time begins in three, two, one. Let him have
1: it. I mean, yes, Tyreek Hill is coming to town. But we have seen teams uh, with two high-rated wide receivers. Like we saw it last year with uh, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. They Woo. both eight. I don't expect that to be the same level because Joe Burry is pretty, probably, like I think highly probable that he's better than Tua. However, there's still two talented wide receivers and one finished wide receiver 13 as a rookie. Mm. So wide receiver twenty is just borderline disrespectful for Waddle.
0: Oh, hot take.
1: I I, I don't. I'm not saying they're gonna be two wide receiver ones in the same seconds. team. Thirty seconds. But wide receiver fifteen, wide receiver fourteen is not out of the question for for Waddle, even with Tyreek in town.
0: Ooh. That's th-
1: the They are the team. They're gonna go Tyreek, Waddle, and spoiler alert, Mike Gesicki. So Waddle wide receiver 14, thirteen, lock it in.
0: Oh, he's so giving you over. some extra time, Matt take it
2: I'm taking over on waddle as well um wow. and It kind of leaves leaves me with an opportunity to clean up somewhere that I left off is I think too, his accuracy is certainly bolstered by the fact that he had such a phenomenal underneath target in Jalen waddle 24.8 mm. uh, percent target share as a rookie 26.2 percent target share in his first season incredible um, his a dot is the one thing that people like to you know give a knack on Jalen waddle he only averaged 6.3 yards per target, which was 88th in the league. But mm. there was a receiver in the year before that was 92nd in the league in ADOT. And he was on an offense with a coach named Mike McDaniel. And that receiver was Debo Samuel. seconds. Oh, so
0: if you don't think, bro, 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 so you don't think that
2: Waddle is the exact profile to become that big new yak target in a Mike McDaniel offense, then I don't know what to tell you. I also agree with Cass in the sense that Waddle is locked in for a top 15 wide receiver. Wow. Finish, but, I, but I think there's a bit of a different narrative to, to show why wow so
0: I mean we're not gonna make it to the but that's okay guys I gotta tell you I was not expecting that out of either of you and to hear there's a chance that that Jalen waddle will be the new Debo Samuel holy that's a hot that's I like it though it's hot but I like it now here's what I'm thinking and I'm sorry guys I'm gonna have to disagree with both of you here um although the the points say, and I've been trying to make a point. Like, I haven't talked any fantasy in this episode. I don't know if anyone's noticed. But that's because these guys keep making a great point. I'm actually super excited about making a great point uh, back. Matt, still with a two-point lead. The score is 18 to 16. So, my point is this. In in Brodo, we have this rule. We call it the Eli Manning rule. And the Eli Manning rule refers back to the Giants. When the Giants were absolutely loaded on offense. The Giants had... Um, OBJ, Hakeem Nicks, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, and uh, can't remember who's in the backfield, but that but that was there, huh? They
2: had Mario Manningham too just before that,
0: right? So like they were completely stacked, and a lot of fantasy guys were saying Evan Ingram is going to be great, Sterling Shepard's going to be great, OBJ is going to be great, but you kept seeing these fantasy prognosticators and these people who, and, and Vegas and everyone, ranking Eli Manning around QB 24, around QB 25. And that's why we call this the Eli Manning rule. If you are counting on wide receiver six, wide, rece- wide receiver six or Tyreek Hill, wide receiver 20, wide receiver 20 for Jalen Waddell, and a tight end one finish, and uh, from Mike Asiki and on top of that, Chase Edmonds catching passes out of the backfield. Are you confident that Tua Tagovailoa is the guy who's going to support all this? Because yes. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not I confident at, about
2: that. I got him at QB 15 for 2022. The, I was going to say
0: 13. It is almost 13. Okay, so Cass obviously a little higher on Tua. So if you have him at QB 13, then probably he's supporting. Right,
2: uh, that's more rationale about this. But we're gonna we're gonna get to one of those. Names you should have been, he should have been one of the questions and- here.
0: <laughs> we have we have we have a lot of dolphins questions. The Dolphins are one of the more interesting teams in the league this year because they they're one of,
2: they're one of the more intriguing offenses, man, for sure. I mean, yeah. all of the new names coming in, the new coach, and a new coach that has shown difficulty to navigate as far as like what weapons he uses on offense for fantasy purposes. Um, and yeah, I know like Shanahan was the orchestrator of all of that, but you, you, if you do just a little bit of research, like you'll understand that Mike McDaniels run schemes are coveted throughout the entire league. Like he literally teaches courses on how to draw running offenses. Mm.
0: Well, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to see, we're going to see, we're going to see, I, I don't know.
2: With that being said, I don't think they went out and paid the a top five receiver contract and to not. Let Tua a sling it a little bit more. I, I again, I, I do think that that volume is going to be increased and, and the accuracy is there. I, I just think there's a misconception of where that volume is going to be distributed.
0: I also think that there's not only the volume, but there's gonna have it's gonna have to be a prolific offense. Like you can't, they will need to score. Touchdowns you're are gonna, important. You're yes. gonna have to score in order for these guys to. You're gonna have to score. So you're gonna. So you're expecting Tua to take the leap, like in order for all these guys. And I say this all the time, and you're going to hear me say this throughout the heat wave a lot. The heat wave coming coming soon, um, we're you're going to hear me say it a lot. Is I don't like to bet on things that have never happened before. I don't like to 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 rest my hat on Tua's going to break out this year, and that's why I like this player. I don't like doing that. I like to, I like instead being like I think. Me and Matt and I were talking about this. We're on the same page in this one. Something like I think Aaron Jones has an opportunity to be RB one because he's playing with Aaron Rodgers, and I know he's going to target him. Like that's the new situation I'm targeting, not necessarily the new situation that, like Miami. But you know, that's not to say that that's not to say that it's not possible. Obviously, these two guys um, think it is. So, with that being said, here is wide re- another The next wide receiver on the list. Uh this is the second to last wide receiver and we're going to stay in the AFC East. And if you've been on fantasy Twitter, if you're part of that world, first of all, uh I hope you have a therapist. Uh not not a not a great place to be. Uh second <laughs> I I'm just kidding. Most of you on there are very good. It's just when you know, when fantasy analysts get to get to arguing back and forth and get to their feelings are hurt because you disagreed with them. Um sometimes it could be an awful place to be. But some of the most awful arguments have come from this guy. He wasn't really on anyone's list, and then all of a sudden last year in the biggest game of the year, 200 yards and four touchdowns. I can only be talking about one man. And he's going at wide receiver 42. So an interesting one because Gabriel Davis, who, by the way, Bill's wide receiver Gabriel Davis, interesting one because the people on Twitter are arguing whether he's going to break out and be a wide receiver two, or suck completely here we have him at wide receiver 42 so over under Matt we're going to start with you on this one Uh, am I right right Matt we start with this one yeah Um, yeah let's do it Mr. Matt Ward three two one your time begins now
2: I'm going to get bold here. I actually like that ADP, but I'm still going to say under because I don't like where we're going with Gabe Davis's hype. So I I assumed that when we started this list that that ADP would be a little higher, but here we are. A 10.9% career target share in two seasons. And I'm going to refer to a data study that Cass did that said, essentially, a wide receiver's target share throughout his career becomes sticky around game 40. Well, Gabe Davis has played 36 games in the NFL. So 36 games with a 10.9% career target share. 30 seconds. Um, Jameson Crowder is the slot receiver on that offense and has a as proven to, you know, put up top 12 target share seasons. In several times in Washington, and he can do it again even at a later age. He had a phenomenal little four-week run for the Jets last year and then got hurt again. If Jameson's healthy, the Bills have traditionally targeted the slot receiver the second most, and Gabe doesn't play in the slot, and he can barely play on the outside. If you've seen his reception, perception profile, it is absolutely ugly. What you want to see in reception is like green. Time's up. You're up, Cass. That kid's lit up red, bro. I'm
1: going to have to agree with Matt in the sense that the hype is getting out of control. However... I am going over. I think he's gonna beat that ADP. Not by a lot, but wide receiver, what was it? Wide receiver 42? 42. It's a little bit bit steep. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a little bit harsh rather, right? So I think he can finish as a wide receiver three, solid performance. Not gonna be great. Uh, Those people saying he's a wide receiver one, wide receiver two are certifiably
0: insane. 30 seconds.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I I just think he's passing, uh, catching passes from Josh Allen. He has shown some flashes. He is not a complete bum. Maybe not a complete not bum. Right. But uh, that's, I, I don't even have a lot of things to say about Gabe Davis. He's not good. He's not bad. 42 is excessive.
0: Okay. So we have the 42. Matt, Matt's still with a three point lead. Um, 20 points for Matt, 17 points for Cass. But here, here's what I'm thinking with Gabriel Davis because you guys both bring up good points. But, you know, last year, That role was taken by Emmanuel Sanders. Now, Emmanuel Sanders has had success in his career. But Emmanuel Sanders was a 34-year-old wide receiver. Like, you don't see 34 wide receivers going going that much. And you had Cole Beasley in the slot, right? Someone who has an obvious rapport with Josh Allen. Now you have Jameson Crowder playing the slot. And when Jameson Crowder gets hurt, because he is going to get hurt, it's a rookie late-round draft pick who is going to take that slot place. Uh, You saw Josh Allen have confidence in Gabe Davis during that playoff game. I don't know, man. I think that Gabe Davis has an opportunity to enter a role that he has not ever had before. And, yes, Matt and Cass, the the stats about uh, the receptions being sticky after 40, like that is definitely – that's something that I definitely hang my hat on most of the time. But I think there is room for, like – Caveats, And I think a big caveat is when you have 200 yards and four touchdowns in a playoff game the last game right before the season was over. I think that, you know, these are, at the end of the day, these are human beings. And I think that when the coaching staff saw that, there's a, they, they did not go and get a wide receiver two this year. I think that they were comfortable with running uh, Gabe Davis out there. And just like I just said, except the opposite with the Dolphins, I'm not sure I want two wide receivers in – a Tua led offense. If you're also expecting a tight end and you're also expecting a running back, on the other hand, in the Josh Allen offense, I kind of do want that that player. I want the second guy. So I think da- Gabe Davis at his current price is really affordable. I'd be willing to take take Gabe Davis as you know as my wide receiver four. I think that's a great thing. Wide receiver four with some upside. I think that's a great spot for him. And I thought it would be the hype is getting a little ridiculous, but you know people just want to be
2: especially in dynasty which is like kind of what i specialize in for this avenue um yeah it it is getting ridiculous and his adp is a lot higher in dynasty but now that the time's up and i missed a a few checkpoints that i wanted to hit there is something important too about that reception profile being a reception perception profile rather being so terrible is that matt Harmon literally made an exception for gabe davis gabe davis didn't qualify at, at success rates at all so he added the playoff game in He added those 200 yards and four touchdowns, beating the coverage 100% of the time. And it was still a below 50th percentile success rate profile. And on that note of the guys who he beat is player profiler keeps track of coverage per play, like every defender on coverage per play. They felt that the defenders defending Gabe Davis in that AFC championship game or, or AFC divisional title game were so inconsequential that they left it blank.
0: Okay, so basically, like, he is not that good. He was just playing players that sucked less than him on that day. And, and I,
2: do, I do want to kind of, like, put myself in check that as a redraft ADP and because it's a redraft-focused podcast, that is pretty damn good value. Like I, I would probably draft Gabe Davis there if it came around to me on the turn, and I'm staring at 50 wide receivers about or almost are already off the board. Yeah, like I think Gabe Davis probably finishes (laughs) above that range a little bit, but I had to take the under for the sake of the argument because I don't think he's as safe as an asset as people think he is.
0: All right. With that being said, let's 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 talk about another asset that the safety is not. You don't know if the safety is there. A former first round pick. I'm sure Matt will uh, enlighten us a little bit about his college profile when we're talking about, sorry, if you, if you don't have that on the ready, sorry to put you on the spot there, Matt, Um, but always have it on the ready. This is a guy who was a big time prospect coming out of uh, Maryland. Uh, Then he, Minnesota, Minnesota, excuse me. Same, uh, same colors coming out of Minnesota had an okay rookie season. But he's in a not so high passing volume offense, but now he is the wide receiver one, and that is Rashad Bateman of the Ravens, who is going wide receiver twenty eight. Cass, you are leading us off with Rashad Bateman. Your two minutes begins in three, two, one right now. Uh, this is this is
1: tough for me, man, because I do like Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. I think he is especially good for fantasy. But he has not produced the top quality wide receivers that you need. I mean, Marquise Brown last season finished as wide receiver 26, and now Rashad Bateman is jumping into that wide receiver one role. I, you could argue that the wide receiver one is maybe Mark Andrews, mm. and I'd buy that. So if you consider that Rashad Bateman's maybe a wide receiver two, he could come close to that, but I still 30 think seconds. this is a, an under situation, closer to wide receiver 29, 30, slightly. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be so much worse. But he's not in a good position to succeed. I don't think he's gonna be as good as people think. That's that's where I wanna leave it. Wide receiver one is Mark Andrews. Wide receiver two, from uh Lamar Jackson offense, is Rashad Bateman. And that's not what you want.
0: Five seconds. That's okay. It. I'm
2: gonna take over then. Go ahead. I'll take the over. I'll take over and take the over. I really like Rashad Bateman. And part of the reason that I like him is because of his collegiate prospect profile. So I'm glad I had that on the ready 35.7% um, target share. That's in the 99th percentile all time. So like, even though he was on a low volume passing offense in a weaker conference in Minnesota, the kid was commanding every single target on every single pass attempt. Uh-huh. He's got a 40% collegiate dominator rating, which for wide receivers is basically like, you're not getting much rushes. So 40% 30 seconds had 40% of the entire offensive production just receiving which is absolutely incredible
0: yeah
2: um and he's didn't really get to break out and and play his full season because he the Ravens drafted him with that injury. They knew they were gonna to have to let him sit for a little bit, and then he tweaked it further in um limited drills and training camp. Mm. So a lot of people forget that he was sitting out with that hip flexor for the first eight weeks and didn't get to start with Lamar. He had to start with Huntley. Five seconds. He didn't get an opportunity to really even be the wide receiver two for the Ravens. And so the I time think is up. He has a similar target ceiling to Mark Andrews and Ooh. will perform in it. Matt. I don't think 125 targets is that crazy for Rashad Bateman this season.
1: No, actually, yeah, I think you turned me. You turned me a little bit. Oh, uh, I, I was a little bit harsh. I was a little bit harsh on him.
0: I'm giving Matt an extra point because Cass said he turned him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, That's fair. That's fair. Matt, uh, so, I can live with that. Matt's extended that. the lead a little bit here, 25 to 20. Matt has a five-point lead. Cass. Ooh. Ooh. Um, Ooh. I, to to be honest, I think that you uh, you the fatigue is is settling in. You may have may have taken a little a couple shots. That's you're giving down. You're giving them too much. You're giving them too much time, bro. Come on. Down. Yeah, come on, come yeah, on, man, yeah,
2: yeah. come on, bro. You get, you I'll gotta. I'll sip it up. I'll <laughs> sip it up. <laughs> the arguments are good. Just gotta lengthen them a bit. That's all. I've been running over that clock like it's smack URL rounds, man.
0: Yeah, man. This guy's. Uh, <laughs> this guy does not care about the the clock. I'm like, bringing uh, the heat for the past three. I don't care, the care about street. the time. <laughs> uh, like disaster Oof. said, the, I control time, Prince of Persia. Uh, little, Oof. little, yeah. That was, fire. A, that was a that was a fire line.
2: I'm so glad you brought that up. That's literally exactly who I was thinking about in my mind. That wasn't kick of the dot, but I'll oh, <laughs> it. Shout
0: out! Shout out to uh, to DNA, uh, who
2: shout out to Diz. who we yeah, grew shout up who we grew up with. DNA yeah, is just grew a legend, man. Yeah,
0: that kid was that kid was freestyling about whatever he saw in the schoolyard park when he was in sixth grade, and it was fire when he was in sixth grade. He was just born to do what he does. Um, with that being said, speaking of born to do what he does, oh. oh, oh.
2: Transition game strong. Kyle, this might be the one I'm most excited about.
0: Kyle Pitts, tight end three. All right, it's a new era in Atlanta. I'm going to leave it at that because I don't want to give away too much. Matt, you look like you're chomping at the bit to talk about Mr. Pitts here. So with that being said, your time begins in three, two,
2: one, right now. Over. I think Kyle Pitts can finish as the tight end one overall oh, in 2022. Oh, hot. Because hit. Kyle Pitts isn't a tight end. He's a wide receiver who happens to qualify at the tight end position. 78% of his snaps last season were lined out wide or in the slot. That's first among tight ends by over 20%. He's not a tight end. He's a wide receiver. So you get yourself a six foot five wide receiver that runs a four, three, and you can put in the tight end slot. That's literally the greatest positional advantage that you can get there's a, a few other seconds. guys that kind of hold that distinction but we're unsure about those offenses we are not unsure about who is getting targets in Atlanta huh he smashed his rookie season with a 19.2% yardage or target share 1.79 yards per team pa- pass attempt, which is the first first among all rookies in NFL history that, mm-hmm. that play the tight end position. Um, he's an absolute stud. Uh, I would probably say that he's going to score Five seconds. the most points of anybody on the Atlanta offense that doesn't play quarterback. And considering they might split Switch. quarterbacks, he might finish ahead of the entire offense. Cass, you're up. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: I get that. And uh, I can't argue the positional advantage thing. However, we have to remember something. He has no quarterback. Right? Uh-huh. That's a big uh-huh. factor ding, for, ding, for ding. him. Ding ding ding. Uh yes, he is this wide receiver tight end hybrid, but he's going to have to play wide receiver and tight end, and that requires him to block as well cuz who else is going to do it, you know? He is the entire offense and that brings pressure 30 on seconds. Him, especially when he doesn't have a, a quarterback. I'm going to say under, but not by a lot. He is still an amazing talent. However, there are some other tight ends that I would take over him. He was extremely efficient, and he didn't have a lot of touchdowns, so that leaves room for improvement. However, you have your Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, even Dalton Schultz I'm considering over Pitts. That may be a little bit blasphemous, but he has a quarterback. He got more targets last season. And, Five seconds. You know, I'm not trusting Kyle Pitts with Marcus Marietta uh, uh, or rookie Main uh,
0: uh, quarterback. Cass made up some ground in that one.
2: Yeah, that was yeah, Cass kinda cooked me there. Cass <laughs> I'm tw- that meme right now. Boy, I'm getting cooked.
0: Twenty four to twenty six. Matt's still in the lead.
2: Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. I will
0: tell you this. That's a lot because I just don't agree with you, Matt. <laughs> I look,
2: I look that's fair. Look, I, I again, Cass kind of Cass kinda of convinced me that I, I might be a little hot right now. Yeah,
0: I mean Cass like Cass said, I think that like, yes, yes, there is he is a wide receiver in real life and he's a one that you can't argue the the position value. But I think you can argue the offense. I think you can argue that he's not going to get a lot of chances to score. And I think you can argue that. that, It seems to me that that quarterback competition is going to be back and forth for a long time this year. It's going to be a lot of Mariota does well for one game, shits the bed for two games, fans start calling for his head, he gets replaced midway through the fourth game. Ritter starts for two games. He sucks. So they go back to my. Mar- I think there's going to be a lot of that kind of shit going on. And when that happens, you can't really form on offense. And they're going to have to feed Drake London the ball a little bit, too. He's not the only guy. I think Drake London is going to, you know, they're going to want to see what the kid got. So. Yeah,
2: fair. You know what? Being as high as I am on Drake London, too, maybe I should pump the brakes a bit on this Kyle Pitts take. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if Kyle Pitts was on the. Uh, Cardinals, I think that. Oh he, Jesus. I think tight receiver one. I think if Kyle Pitts was on the Jets, even he has a chance of to chi- Someone who has a quarterback that's just going to be the starter. For just compared six Zach games. Wilson to
2: Kyler Murray.
0: No, no, no. You no, no. need to pump. Your no, brakes. no, 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 no. I did not do that. I did not do that. All right, all right. Fake news. That's fake news. I did not. I did not do that. I did, I definitely did not do that. But you know, I mean Zach Wilson, he's in the news lately. Uh, if you guys haven't seen what Zach Wilson's in, the polarizing, I'm out
2: polarizing player.
0: It's funny because Zach Wilson. You thought this news would have been super bad for his image, but it seems as though all of a sudden everyone loves Zach Wilson. So, um, you know, Stacey's mom's got to go on. I think on. it's.
2: I think it's part of that like. Part of that like you know mentality of. You don't feel comfortable in a super clean house or whatever, you know, like you don't want to sit on the couch with no foil. So, like, now he's taking, the, he's taking the plastic off, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's taken the plastic off the couch and kind of welcomed us into a little bit of his dirtiness.
0: <laughs> maybe he should, maybe he should put the pla- and people like that. Maybe he should put the plastic back on the couch, if you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> yeah,
2: maybe a little bit. <laughs> uh, Mike
0: Sicky is our next player, the last tight end we're going to be talking about. Right. Um, an- another Miami Dolphin. O- honestly, when just making this list, I didn't even realize that we had three Miami Dolphins. But here we are. Mike Kosicki, right now going as tight end 12. So he is a starter in most leagues. We already got a little bit of a preview. Cass, you're going to start us off on this one, correct? We already got a little bit of a preview from Cass. So, right, right, yeah. Cass, Chasing. This is coming down to the wire. 24 points for Cass. 26 points for Matt. Cass, your time begins in three. 2 1 now
1: I mean Mike Gusecki he, he had some great weeks he had some terrible weeks last season and this all come back uh, come back to the tour debate uh, I think he is also some, sort of a hybrid like Pitts is. not at that level but he does play a lot of uh, slot and out wide so he's not a full tight end he does have that wide receiver prowess I suppose and he finished the season last season at, at tight end 12 so that's the baseline we're working on I think he's going to go over. I think uh, tight ends 30 are... 30 seconds. Tight end 12 means nothing. Tight end 12 is garbage, even though he's a tight end one. So if even if he's like a tight end eight, tight end seven, he, that's a decent player. Uh, not great, but I think he can f- handle that. He had a terrible tight end 50 game last season when he had zero catches. But you look at the, the stats a little bit deeper, and he had eight targets in that game. Things just didn't happen for him. That's okay. Five seconds. He also had only two touchdowns in the entire season. So you just got to adjust a
2: little bit Time up those things and you got yourself a tight end eight. I'll let him finish that. Yeah, because I kind of agree with Cass here and I'm not going to push too hard against him to be honest. I and, and part of that reason why I was a little lower on Tyreek is that, is that I do think Kaseki and Waddle are legitimate threats to that 169 target share or target you know, ceiling that, that Hill is known for. Um, and especially with the way that Kaseki plays, he had the most slot snaps out of any tight end in the league last year. First overall, more than half of his um, snaps on offense came in the slot. 30 seconds. So he's another guy that's kind of a receiver um, top 10 target share fourth in target total uh, ninth in deep targets. So yeah, Kiseki, if, we're expecting Tua to make a bit of a jump, and I think those targets will be distributed evenly throughout the three, which is why Hill would have a little bit of a lower ceiling. Gaseki above tight end 12 is no no hard thing for him to accomplish. The gap between tight end 12 and tight end 8 is like Five 15 seconds. points. So, uh, yeah, I, I genuinely do think that Gaseki is
0: times up.
2: a more viable option than given credit for.
0: Still a close matchup, 27 to 29. Matt's still in the lead. Going into the last, going into the last one. Now, I'm going to put... At the end, we're going to have a little bit of a... A little bit of a... A little bit of a game show feel to this one. But... That's a tough one, Kasicki. Because, guys, I, look, I, I hear your arguments. But I'm surprised that none of you guys use those arguments against yourselves. So, for example, you're like, he was top 10 in target share. He will, he had this many, so he had all these targets. He's lined up in the slot this many times. That's not gonna happen with Mike McDaniel. Right? He's not gonna line up in the slot like that with Mike McDaniel. Hey, you ever heard of George Kittle, bro? Now I'm surprised. I was just about to say, I'm surprised none of you brought up George Kittle. But George Kittle's much yeah, more of a have. traditional tight end. Um he's George Kittle, is one of the better blockers in the league. In fact, there's a yeah. There's an ongoing there's an ongoing meme of a of I think it was Tim Wright saying that George Kittle can't block and people just fucking murdered him for that because he's one of the best. Um all right. Last argument. I am putting down where I think where I think this next player's ceiling is. So ceiling. At the end of this round, you guys are gonna guess. And you're gonna wager points, and that's how it would determine a winner. So let's make let's make the arguments. Um, who starts this one off? Matt or Cass. Matt's it's on Matt. this one, right? One of the most polarizing players. I can't make I can't make what to make of this guy. I have I have him as high as QB, oh, you wish I would have said it. And as low as maybe QB twenty. Oh. That is Trey Lance of the San Francisco 49ers. Matt, you start us off. Over or under his current ADP of our, I'm sorry, QB13.
2: Three, two, one, begin. Over, 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 over. Trey Lance has a QB1 ceiling. And I know you were uh, holding back a little bit of saying that. I don't know if he's going to reach that ceiling in 2022, but that's the level of prospect that he is. Listen to this Trey Lance had an over 20% market share of his rushing yardage in college. Um, The only other players in the Mm. NFL that have had his yardage share is Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Robert Griffin, and Kyle Murray. I've heard of those guys. That's the list. That's who Trey Lance compares to from a a collegiate production standpoint. 30 seconds. He obviously didn't get much run um, with... McDaniel and Shanahan leaning on Jimmy G while he was still under contract, but there's no way that they're going to be able to sign Debo and keep Jimmy G on. So as soon as they're able to cut Jimmy G, you're going to see Debo signed. And if you're mm. worried about Trey Lance's limited ability as a passer, Debo Samuel, George Kittle and Brandon Auk all ranked in the top 10 of yards after the catch per position. Boom. So it doesn't matter. He can just toss the ball off. to Five these seconds. Incredible guys that are going to juke 13 defenders out of 11 and take it to the house on any target. I mean,
1: I get what you're saying, and that Russian profile is insane, and I, I love that. However,
0: mm.
1: it's not even clear if Debo Sam was going to stay. He Ooh. has stated a couple of times that he doesn't want to be in San Francisco too much longer, possibly just hinted at it, nothing's sure. And we're talking about a guy that couldn't outplay Jimmy G last season. Oh,
0: right? he
1: has a pretty big uh, true throw value. That's, 30, I'll give you that That's 30 seconds. A little bit boosted by the high A dot. And uh, high depth of target he, he has had. And that's not sustainable. You said that you have big yak guys. So that's your, your throws are going to be shorter if you want to succeed. And if you want to succeed, that through throw value has to go down. You're going to rely a lot on volume and a lot of rushing volume. He is a great rusher, just knowing that, denying that. But we just have to ask ourselves if that's enough to make him a uh, QB one. Five seconds. I say no. I say under. I think there are 12 QBs I want for fantasy. Before Trey Lance. Does have a ceiling. But I'm not drafting him at a ceiling.
0: After ten strong fought rounds. Cast and Matter tied at 33 before by by no you know, this these are very scientific points. Just happen to be that they ended up tied at 33. I don't know how that happened. Just I don't know how it happened. Just tied at 33. So it seems we're gonna have to have some sort of some sort of Tiebreaker here, so you know what? Interesting. I'm not gonna even I, I, forget about that. 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 You know that. I have a trivia question for you guys, and if you get it right, you win.
1: Are we right. doing like private <laughs> answers or just like? whoever? Right, we, right, no, right, just right, whoever
0: first. gets it. Whoever gets it first. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. The question is: What is Kenny Galladay's ADP?
1: Are we doing, like, ballpark or till someone gets it right Wide like, receiver like, right 52. On.
0: Okay, wide right okay. receiver 52, says 60, Matt. 60. 60. The answer. Wide receiver 50. Matt, congratulations. Oh, you are the <laughs> champion That's of rough. the first ever over-under challenge. I feel like uh, this is going to be a good one uh coming up in the future. Um that was good. Yeah. Thanks, guys. This is a surprise episode. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Broto Fantasy and FF, FF by Broto. At
2: yeah. yes yes uh, Matt at FF they, by Broto Matt where, where can Brodo they find fantasy. you? You can find me at PsychWardFF, FF on all social media platforms. Wherever you like to get your fantasy football content, I'll be churning it out all season. And Cass, uh, your boys at Broto FF Casanova Twitter mainly hit me
0: up. Broto FF Casanova Broto FF Tim Broto FF Mike Brotoff FF Jay son. Jason. Um I always do that. that. that's a terrible one. Jay used to have it used to be Jay. Um yeah, with that being said. Goodbye everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. Farewell. Peace out. Later. Later.